Welcome to Fuel Podcast. I'm your host, Leela Ansart, leadership advisor and certified executive coach. On this podcast, you'll hear the stories of successful individuals and how they were able to overcome adversity by channeling strength from an internal driving force. My mission, shine the light on alternate strategies that can move you from reactive to strategic thinking, from overwhelmed to motivated, and from burnout to balance, so you can move forward and over-deliver on your current goals. Let's dive in. Today's guest on Fuel Podcast is Scott Levine, an entrepreneur and successful leader of multiple businesses. Scott's main business is a law firm with a fierce entrepreneurial spirit called Aegis Law. Aegis is a non-traditional corporate, M&A, and ventured law firm based in St. Louis, Missouri. In addition to Aegis Law, Scott has co-founded two other companies, a venture fund which has invested hundreds of millions of dollars in early-stage companies, and a commercial real estate company. Scott is also the incoming president of the St. Louis chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization, the largest peer network of entrepreneurs in the world. In our conversation, Scott shares the story about realizing his legal business model needed to change beyond the traditional one and how his personal evolution spurred on a decision that would translate into the 10x growth of Aegis Law, a strikingly unique story in an industry not known for innovation. In addition, Scott and I dive into the topic of both personal and organizational values and how they drive meaning and motivation in both big decisions and everyday moments. Well, Scott, welcome to Fuel Podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today, and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, Why don't you take a moment and uh, introduce yourself and let the listeners know who you are and uh, what you bring to the business world table um, at this stage in your career? Oh, that's a great question. So um, I'm a recovering attorney. Uh, I I like to sort of say it that way, but I introduced myself as an entrepreneur. Uh, It's been kind of a transition over the last six or seven years, even though I've been... um, the business I'm running right now is almost 20 years old and truly didn't embrace the idea of um, being an entrepreneur versus uh, being a lawyer um, until recently. So uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I run a, a law firm, Aegis Law, that I started almost 20 years ago, uh, close to 35 attorneys in a number of different cities. I, I'm located in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, you know, we've... Um, well, probably have experienced a 10x growth in the last seven years, in large part from a shift in um, our approach to uh, what is a very traditional industry, um, but a very, you know, a big shift occurred, which we can talk about mm-hmm. later. But uh, first and foremost, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I, um, I feel like my responsibility is to support other entrepreneurs uh, and to help others learn and grow as people and as leaders and as lawyers and staff people, both in my organization and outside of my organization. That's wonderful. Congratulations on such a track record of success and the level of growth that your business has achieved. Thank you. So we talked a bit when we were speaking previously about this journey that you've been on and you've made a kind of made a point here. So I feel like I've got to just dive right into it on identifying as an entrepreneur rather than an attorney. 
um, which is a bit rare in this type of a business. Someone who's you know got that particular hat that they wear and then they scale the business. You don't often hear that transition. So, would you share with us a little bit about you know what that means to you and and why that transition was necessary? Yeah, you know, it really started. I want to say seven, eight years ago. I joined a, a peer learning organization and. I was put in a room on a monthly basis with nine other entrepreneurs and they were all, um, there was a question like, is revenue up or down, profitability up or down? That was like a standard question we would all answer. And I wouldn't know, you know, like, I'm not sure. I, I think there's, we're paying people less than what um, the clients are paying us. And so I, I think we're, are, we're good. Um, and so, so for a, a, a good six or seven months, I'm listening to what they were doing with their time, how they were um, learning, like they had this thirst for learning and um, strategic planning and buying other businesses and selling and scaling. And I was just sort of like, we're a law firm. We, we add clients, you know, we add lawyers, repeat. And yeah. I, I never really, I, and frankly, I was very much responsible for being a lawyer. Um, I loved it. I loved you know, supporting entrepreneurs and we do sort of venture work and M&A work and general corporate work. And it really, and our clients are, you know, emerging businesses, right? So we're often dealing with the entrepreneur and I really identified with that. Mm-hmm. And at some point I'm like, well, what is my business? I'm like, I'm not, this is not a business. If I'm, I, mean, I had a kind of a nice business, but a really crappy job, right? I, mm-hmm. I had to, be the entrepreneur, I had to originate legal work for me to do and others to do. I had to do legal work. And I, I had this moment like, well, what is my business going to be? And it's not going to be just finding clients and servicing them. And so I had this light bulb moment and I realized I can't be a great entrepreneur and a great attorney. I had to pick a path. And I shifted my focus from attracting and retaining clients to attracting and retaining lawyers and shifted our mission to helping lawyers learn and grow as people and professionals. And that mentality was attractive to attorneys because most attorneys, many attorneys are miserable. They, they're, they're stuck in antiquated environments. They, um, and this is particularly true post COVID, they're just not great at running their businesses. They're stuck and at, at every stage of their career. And so I saw an opportunity to, um, you know, bring attorneys on and say, look, you have no responsibility for running a business. Let me do that. You just be a great lawyer. And at this stage of their career, usually mid plus career attorneys, they get it. They're like owning a business is dilutive to my profit and my happiness. So, you know, if you can solve for that, then I'm all in. And we created a model that made that work. We started to attract lawyers from around the country. And, you know, we've been acquiring small law practices uh, ever since. And I sort of re-identified or redefined myself as an entrepreneur because that's what an entrepreneur does. Finds an opportunity to do something to help people um, and to create value. And, you know, instead of finding clients, I'm finding attorneys. Instead of making clients happy, we're trying to make lawyers thrilled with being part of our firm and that that has created a lot of energy and attraction and it's fun i mean i think you know it's I, my job 
is to coach and support uh, people that are dynamic and interesting and culturally aligned. And, and now after all these years, like I can point to all these people that can be testimonials to our experience. And that's like Nirvana when I don't have to sell anything. I can just say here, talk to these similarly situated people and let them share their experience. And as a business owner and entrepreneur, that's just, you know, an incredible place to be. It absolutely is. You know, hearing your story reminds me so much of so much of the workplace culture that I do um, talking to leaders about how to attract and retain fantastic talent. And the fact that it all translates back to the bottom line, that you get better results, you get better performance from people who are happy in their workplace. So curiously, you know, from my standpoint, I kind of want to hear the evidence of that being true. How would you say the shift for you in terms of changing your uh, your approach, your strategy um, to create a place where lawyers can grow and be happy in their work, how did that translate to the client experience for your clients? Well, it's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things that we measure um, both from our lawyers, our staff, and our clients is um, this, if you're familiar with the net promoter score, right? Mm-hmm. The NPS. Well, you can measure that with your employees as well. And so we were very, um, every one of our employees at some point in the month, they get a survey from us, just like you would send to a client. And, and we want to be judged. How are we doing? Are we serving your needs? When we have reviews, we do one-on-ones with people. It's not about how they're performing. It's how we're performing in, in support of them. So if you, if you bring them in, the right people in, right, that align with their core values. And ours are not that complicated, right? It's trust and respect, you know, um, a thirst for learning, making a difference, um, thinking big, being bold. Um, I mean, these are these are common um, qualities of high-performing, um, good people. And so if, if, if you bring the right people in and then you engage with them and making sure that they're, you're meeting their needs as you integrate them, well, they're going to be happier. And of course, that's going to translate to the client satisfaction. Um, There's also a practical part of our business in that we're a very, um, we're a business law firm, call it that. And we do very high level competent work that you would often find only kind of in a larger law firm environment. Mm -hmm. But because we're able to attract talent and we're not a big law firm, you know, there's an alignment with our clients that's just different. You know, the way we make our clients feel about themselves and their projects and their invoices, um, mm-hmm. you know, is um, really effective given how our approach is to make happy lawyers, right? That's not, you know, I'm, I'm sure if I said, do you, do you know any unhappy lawyers, you probably, are, 10 of them jump into your mind. It's just not, <laughs> Absolutely. you know, the, the traditional model is sort of, you know, let's, let's hire um, early career people exploit them so that the late career people can, you know, have a different experience. And that's just not sustainable, not in this day and age. And I, and it's very hard for those organizations to change because the power structure rests on the top of that pyramid um, where we sort of have developed a flat organization. Everyone is paid exactly the same. Um, there, hmm. There's not a part, it's not a partnership. Everyone's a paid, I'm sorry, they have the same model. And it's a sort of, you know, economic model. And then we share our profits with everyone from the person answering the phone to the person who's the most, 
you know, one of the most um, impactful attorneys with the idea that we want people to care about our bottom line um, because we care about theirs. And um, that formula seems to be working, you know. That is so refreshing to hear, especially in your field. I mean, it's it's just really in the minority. Um, and obviously, you know, you mentioned you've scaled the business 10x since 2014, I believe was the year. Yep, yep. Is that when this transition occurred? Yep. Okay. That's exactly what occurred, yep. Okay. So let, let me just kind of dig into this a little bit, Scott, because, you know, this sounds wonderful. And uh, I would imagine those listening are like, hey, if I'm in a position where I could do something like that, how hard is that change? So share with us, was this an easy shift once you had this light bulb moment or was this, uh, you know, quite complex? Um, it wasn't, uh, well, I had to convince uh late career attorneys to join our firm and that if they did that the resources would be there to support them and they would be it would lead to a better experience for them and their staff if they were coming with staff Mm -hmm. and i had to believe that and my team had to believe that and you know it's it's like you know if, if you're the kansas city royals no offense they're the other side of the state but you know, and you don't have a great team every year, like the St. Louis Cardinals have a great team every year. It's very easy to attract talent to the St. Louis Cardinals because the stadiums are full and they win every year. But if you want to attract someone to the Kansas City Royals, you have to convince them about where you're going. Mm-hmm. And we did. And, you know, and, and it, we got lucky at some level. You know, I met people at the right time in their life and the right time in our life. And we hit it off personally and they believed in me. And then so once you kind of get there where you say, I'm going to bring in these these high performing people, I'm taking them away from something that is traditional and safe. Um, and they took that bet. Well, that's the that was the platform. And then, you know, when they join the firm, then I have a reason to bring in other support resources that I couldn't otherwise justify. And then when you have all this this team in place and it's easier to attract other senior lawyers and professionals and mm-hmm. it just kind of snowballed and now we're you know we're at this place where it's like okay um you know everyone is engaged there's a high level of engagement good cultural alignment um now what like how do we go from mm-hmm. you know i don't know 10 million dollars to 20 million mm-hmm. you know is, is that the same company is that the same strategy and you know so those are fun conversations we're having and it's nice you know like of course there's this kind of looming uh economic reality that we're all it's in the back Mm -hmm. of our minds like what will that mean to us you know and and i our business survived through 07 08 ish and you know like but at the same time like if we're if we've really got something special and you know we've grown because of that then you know there's an opportunity to have an impact on we've got 45 people that work for us and you know and, and we feel like we've been so accommodating to their individual needs and their career goals and personal goals and, you know, side project goals and all these things that flexibility that our model brings. I think, I think we're sort of poised for more growth, right? I don't, I don't think, uh, and post pandemic, obviously, you know, there, a lot of people are revisiting what is true about 
their needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not coming out of this from like a big, you know, we're just starting. Like we've been at it for a while. And our model that seems to be post-pandemic friendly has existed for a while now. And um, so there's so much opportunity. But you also don't want to lose the reality that if you're not aligned with our core values, you know, we're not just looking to grow revenue, right? We want to grow um, the culture because if there's no alignment with our core values, then we'll go nowhere. Mm. We'll go nowhere. It's so true. Interesting that you, uh, you know, how now, excuse me, have now navigated the recession of 2007, 2008, and now you're, you know, two plus years from the start of the COVID pandemic. Um, in terms of the lessons that you learned, let's say most recently with, with COVID, what do you think was one of your biggest lessons that you came out of that experience with? Well, you know, when it first hit, I'm sure you and a lot of people watching this, we, we, like there was a panic. Like, mm-hmm. what, what does this mean? Is this gonna be like a recession? What does this unknown mean? And, you know, I stopped the growth idea. I was like, I'm done. We're not adding people. There's too much uncertainty. And I looked inward and I said, well, what needs to be true? What does our team need right now? And, and, um, and what do our clients need right now? And I decided to say that they needed to see us as leaders. The team needed to see us as leaders. We're confident. We're leaning into this. We're not looking to exploit it. Um, and, what I did um, is we began a weekly call and I did this, um, we, we began a weekly call and sometimes it was gathering entrepreneurs, you know, it was to let's create a space for people to talk about what they're doing, to learn from each other. And it kind of grew and, and it was a weekly thing. And then I kind of, I started bringing in some speakers um, cause you know, 20 people grew to 100, 100 grew to 200. And I, I reached out at, the, you know, at the, that moment when everything was shut down. We were all mm-hmm. just home. And I thought, well, every CEO in the world is home, right? There's no one. Everyone's available. Yeah. And so I, start, I started reaching out to some of the most uh, impactful uh, CEOs I could get to. And I said, hey, could you jump on the Zoom call? I've got hundreds of entrepreneurs that are just kind of looking for some examples of leadership and and what you know what they what should they be focused on right now and and the the last event that we did we had six thousand people from around the world oh that's fantastic and the message was and and i you know to my team and to our clients and to everyone is that we are relevant we are confident we are still innovating we are being leaders here whether that translated to any practical (laughs) you know, decisions people made from, it just, it created an energy that I think, you know, as I'm thinking about what's coming, who knows, but like, how do we get there again? How do we become very visible to our team, to our lawyers, to our staff, to our clients, to our referring sources? How do we help them leverage? You know, we've got a huge database. We've got opportunities to communicate seminars, you know, webinars, events, creativity. Um, and that, that inspires me, you know, that inspires me. So whether we're looking at a moment to be inward again, remains to be seen. But, um, that's one of the things I learned is like, you've got to, um, 
in moments of stress, you've got to lead. And um, because, you know, even the most senior people, even people more senior than me, were looking, were nervous. And, yeah. and I, I, you know, you got to kind of rally, rally yeah. the troops. You've spoken so much about your values, about alignment with values, about this uh, desire that you have to serve people and to better their their experience, whether that's in their work life, whether that's for your clients and their business success. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, of course, but you know the theme of this podcast is really trying to identify and crystallize and encapsulate the fuel that each of us holds um, that helps to push us through when things are crazy, when they're volatile. Um, how would you describe that that source of motivation for you? You know, I was reflecting on this the other day, um, and every challenge that I've created for myself, <laughs> for my family, for my children, my partner, my lawyer, whatever, it, it, it originated from not doing something that was aligned with our core values, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I we, we can't always be perfect, right? We can't always be living a life aligned with our core values in every minute. There's just, you know, spontaneous decisions, reactions to things, being defensive, not being collaborative, like we're human. But almost all of my challenges relate to those moments where I've deviated from my values, where I haven't demanded my, demanded of myself or the people around me that they need to be aligned with my core values in order for us to function together. And so I, I you know, um, it's not complicated, right? There, there are universal values, hundreds of universal values, and you can score yourself. And I do this exercise, you know, how am I doing th- with this? How is my, are my, are the people in my life serving me well in these values? Like my values are belonging and, um, you know, a, um, you know, co-creation, collaboration. These are things that are very important to me. And and when I don't feel, you know, I want people to approach me with curiosity instead of defensiveness, right? When, when I don't feel like the people in my life are um, approaching me with the curiosity, I, it takes a, takes a moment not to be defensive, but, you know, to say back, like, this is how, this is how I'm experiencing this. Right. This is how I, um, you know, would prefer you approach. Don't assume I'm, I'm doing something that's not aligned with core values or not aligned with a plan. Please ask me where I'm coming from because ordinarily it is, you know, part of a plan. Hmm. Um, so, so demand that of people around you. You know, just kind of lift them up. You know, how how do you lift every from wherever they are? Everyone's coming from a different place, but lift up the people around you and help. You know, as a leader. Um, help them be a better version of themselves, um, but also stay true to what your core values are, right? Uh, did that answer your question? It did. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. did. You talked about the challenges that you've uh, created or experienced in your life have come from times when you didn't align with those. Would you mind sharing a story with us? Yes. Um, you know, a number of years ago, um, one of my uh, my business partner. He left the firm to go work full-time on a business that we had started together. And it's, it's worked out great for him and for us, for lots of reasons. But he left a hole in, like, we were much smaller then, and he was doing a lot of work for my clients, and he was a very competent attorney. And I, 
I started interviewing and I met someone who on paper was like, oh my gosh, this is the best. Like, I can't believe this person has shown up and I was so happy about it. And um, the, the, um, the references she gave me were two people that I knew really well. One was a mentor and the other was like a woman I dated like randomly. <laughs> and it just so happens that, I mean, she didn't know about my connection to those two. And, and their response was, Scott, we, we know you, we love you. This is not a good fit. Like run, don't walk away from this. This will not be a good fit for you or your culture. And, and not that this was a bad person, but just in terms of how we were set up and, and, and the way we were functioning, um, despite the fact that her, her track record of success checked all the boxes in terms mm -hmm. of professional skills, but I did it anyway. And it was just not, a, it was a ill-fitting relationship that um, the lawyers and the staff people that affected everyone in the firm, mm -hmm. that I made this decision and then I didn't make the decision to separate from this person fast enough. And there was a lot of, I could just feel it, like a lot of like distrust forming with me and, and you know, how do we really, is trust and respect truly a value uh, that we have? And um, eventually she left. Um, and, um, and, but there was like, it was an impact of hiring someone who's a, who's a great person in many ways but just not a good fit for us. And so years later, um, not, not that many years, a few years later, uh, I, I was copied on an email, blind copied on an internal email, and I scrolled down and I watched the exchange between the senior lawyer and a subordinate uh, staff person. And I was just taken aback. Like I didn't, I, I didn't know it was serious. Like this is really how, like you can't speak to someone this way. And then I learned that this was a problem, like this was a ongoing problem with the way this particular attorney was managing, you know, his relationships in the firm with the people doing work for him. It's all professional, but just, you know, nothing like, you know, unprofessional in terms of like uh, crossing a boundary, but just culturally not aligned with the way we want people to be treated. And so I called a meeting with um, our office manager, my partner, this attorney and the support person. And I later learned the support person thought I was just going to say, Hey, you know, you, you, uh, you got to figure out a way of getting along. Like thought mm -hmm. that I would uh, take the moment to do that. And what I did instead was I made it clear that this attorney couldn't continue to work for the firm and do this and behave this way, that the behavior was not aligned with our core values. Mm -hmm. And granted, it was like putting a softball on a baseball tee and like, you know, but I saw an opportunity to really um, bring our core values forward. Mm. And it was and you know, the staff person was crying because she just wanted to work for the firm that I was exhibiting, but just didn't know. And then there was this history of like, not solving a problem quick enough. And um, it was wonderful. I mean, it's just like it reverberated around the, the organization. And it was an inflection point as far as our value our cultural uh, alignment with our values, worse than so. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I can think of a more clear example of, of two sides of the same coin, right? Just one handling it right, one handling it wrong. And the difference, um, you know, the impact was equal, was equal right? Mm -hmm. In terms of a negative and a positive. 
So interesting. I think <laughs> corporations or, or companies like yours that are so intentional with values and with culture, this is obvious, but to so many who aren't, it, it's the difference between, you know, core values or mission statement being on a wall or in a binder somewhere in HR and really truly being about the kind of behavior that's rewarded and tolerated in the day to day. That's an awesome example. Thank you for sharing that. I think um, what I appreciate about the story too with with your uh, the, the business partner you took on for a while is that um, I'm sure there was some humility there in thinking, you know, I was given this advice by people who knew this individual that it wasn't a good fit. I decided to go for it anyway. And then, oh, gosh, there's a rub, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was um, and they knew me really well. It wasn't like just knowing her and I called a reference. They, they knew both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I really value the, um, I've learned to come to value more the experience, like when people share their experience with me, I learn from that. When they share their opinions, I it's harder harder for me to, to learn from that. And I I, um, I really do know that about myself. That's that's a great thing to share. And I think we can all kind of see those opportunities for that same insight for ourselves. Um, what do you want to be known for, Scott? It- um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I am um, taking on a leadership role in a, in a local, well, in a, in a local chapter of a global nonprofit, and the, there's about a hundred and say 160 members of the organization, and um, we, the members run the organization. A board is selected, and there's about 20 of us that serve on the board, and you know, it's a it's a peer learning organization. Let's call that. And we had our strategy summit last week and it took me a while to really define the vision and set the priorities for this coming year um, when I'm going to be in this leadership role. And what eventually where I landed was like, well, who am I, right? Like, why am I going to create a vision and priorities that are not aligned with who I am? Because I won't be motivated and inspired by that. Um, And so I, I, the vision for our year is, you know, um, to be among the uh, the most influential chapters in the world. We, we are one of the oldest and one of the largest, but I really want to be in that status. I want to have that impact, and I want to because that inspires me and it inspires the rest of the board who are also running companies. Um, but our priorities for the year are growth, inclusion, and innovation. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that we're going to work on as a board. And if in answer to your question, those are the things that inspire me, right? I, I have a growth mentality. I always, I'm still inspired by growth, personal growth, you know, 10Xing my life, 10Xing my business, you know, because I know that if I do that, that it has an effect on the pe- so many people, so many people. And I know that at some point I need to, you know, we can't go on forever, right? And, um, but I do, I'm inspired by that. I'm inspired by inspiring people who are inspired by that. Mm-hmm. And so I just, we had this incredible summit and the reaction was energizing for everyone. Um, the idea of inclusion, like everyone in my world, everyone in your world, in our world should feel um, safe, trusted, respected. And we, we don't have that everywhere. We know that it's, 
in, in some places it's not even honored. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if people in our life don't feel included, they don't feel safe to express themselves and who they really are and what they feel and what they believe, then that's, that's not a good place to be. So I'm inspired by, you know, um, inclusion and then innovation. That's just fun. Right. It's just like, um, I miss my, my clients, my, the I surround myself with people that are thinking, um, thinking big change makers. Um, I, you know, I, I was approached the other day by someone who, um, you know, we are just not aligned politically, right? Just not aligned. But I, you know, I was said, but I'm inspired by the work you're doing. Like anyone who gets off the couch and off their social media and is going to protest something or stand in solidarity with others like good for you you mm-hmm. know we need more of that even if we don't agree with what they're yelling about um you know if, if they're doing it in a respectful way and um they're energized so I'm, I'm energized by people that are trying to make change and and and, and doing it from a place of you know I, I want the world to be more aligned with my values that can be done in an inclusive way then that inspires me. So I feel that way in my business, in my volunteer work, in my home. Those are the things that inspire me. Are awesome. So powerful too. I think each one of those points is a, a, a really good prompt for some reflection, you know, if that resonates yeah. with us. It's really, really good to, to take it from, again, take it from the wall, take it from the binder and think about what it actually means on a day-to-day basis. So thank you for sharing what's impacted you and, and the the, uh, the vision that you've created for your own life and your your values. Scott, this was an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed it. We didn't even get to all the topics <laughs> that I, we had talked about before. You have so much to share, uh, but I think we're out of time. So um, if the listeners would like to learn more about you, the organization that you're leading, um, either you know your, your firm or the other organizations, how can they learn more about you? Um, well, our, the law firm is Aegis Law, A-E-G-I-S Law. Com. Um, I, um, I can put a plug in for the entrepreneurs organization that's eonetwork.org uh, there's definitely a chapter in your city if you're um, in a major city somewhere in the world um, and I just can't speak you know more highly enough of surrounding yourself creating your tribe whatever that is people that share your values and um, can support you can't do it alone awesome thank you so much for your time today Scott it's been a real pleasure Wonderful. Thank you for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Leadership Impact Strategies. We help today's business leaders to navigate the people challenges of this pandemic era. With a focus on compassionate leadership, we help you eliminate team dysfunction and increase your own leadership capability, resulting in higher profits, sales, and results to your bottom line. Like what you heard on today's episode? Turbocharge your own leadership by grabbing our free resources. Discover your leadership strengths and potential blind spots with our leadership quiz, or grab our free checklist for holding an engaging team meeting. Find them both and more at www.leadershipimpactstrategies.com forward slash resources. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to Fuel Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, so you'll be notified of every new episode. Until then, I'm Leela Ansart. Here's to you finding the fuel you need today. Hey,